This is News Talk 980 CKNW. A little royal love for you tonight. Sex is a bit like a secret society. Everybody, and that means everybody's doing it, royal or not. It's just that no one talks about it. Well, except me, of course, every Sunday night here on the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, a researcher, blogger at Fifty Shades of Pain, and soon to be straight up clinician TEDx speaker and your resource to help start that conversation answer your questions and help you discover new and exciting things about sex love your body and your relationships I make no innuendos no judgments and certainly no apologies just fearless straight up talk about sex I guarantee it will be illuminating informative enlightening and fun so please stay with me Please put the kidlets to bed as listener discretion is advised. We will be talking about SEX tonight fairly regularly. Good evening, Matt. Nice to have you here tonight. It's nice to be back as always. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's always great to have such a nice supporter in, in this subject, you know. It's such a f- wonderful way to end the week. <laughs> Isn't this the beginning? This is my the beginning of my week, which actually never ended from last week. I was out at the Bladder Cancer Canada Awareness Walk today at Deer Lake Park in Burnaby, and they were saying, can we say you the host of the Sunday night sex show. They didn't really want to. Uh, I'm like, of course you can. It's fine. But there were kids there. But uh, so people are shy, certainly, about this subject. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a private matter. And I understand that. And uh, we have some uh, we have a, a lovely couple in town here, a, a royal couple. And everybody's excited about that. And uh, yeah, it was um, it was buzzing today when I came into work. Certainly. And was. that was probably a couple hours before they actually went out and said hi to everybody. So yeah, yeah, very, very busy. Everybody's excited, and um, but you know, I, I like to uh, get really down, down and dirty in this subject. And you know, no, no one is immune to scandal and drama, not even the royal couples. And so, I'm going to do a little bit of review of some of the scandalous history of some of those love uh, liaisons, uh, which is always uh, fun to look at. What people, regardless of your heritage, will do for love and uh, do for sexual attraction, romantic attraction uh, and those two are very different and I'll also be explaining that a little bit tonight. I was also yesterday out at the Magnificent You event uh, that was at the Anvil Center. I'm just traveling all over. Somebody asked me if I spoke nationally or internationally. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm so lucky to be in Burnaby. <laughs> well, that <laughs> TED Talks kind of counts, right? People from all over the world are watching it. I guess so. We're close to, we're getting up there. 450,000 views on the sexless marriage chronic masturbation, pornography, infidelity, <laughs> and shame. <laughs> Don't mind if I say that was a darn good title. <laughs> Who chose that? Uh, but anyway, people were th- saying initially, oh, that's kind of a downer title. Not, not, no, it's a reality title, actually. And it Googled well. But, um, but, you know, yesterday I was at the Magnificent You conference, and it was a conference for women. Uh, to, you know, women who were trans- in transformation and changing their lives and... Um, uh, a lot of women came up to me afterward and they told me that they were actually, often I talk about low sexual desire on this show, and it, it's really more common that women experience low sexual desire when they're in a heterosexual relationship. But this applies to same-sex couples as well. But every single woman that approached me yesterday, and there were about 200 women there, but not all of them approached me, but they all said that they were in relationships where their male partner had the low sexual desire, So, which is interesting. It's uh, And so that happens as well, and there are a number of reasons that men experience 
experience, low sexual desire. None of these women could figure it out, but they all wanted an answer to it. And um, yeah, so also I wanted to bring up, thank you very much for delivery of this gift that I received. And um, I received a book called Unforgivable Sins. Uh, Protecting Our Children from Predators by Scott Hall. So Scott, the author, thank you so much for sending that to me. I will definitely read that. And I, and I wanted to say something as well about sexual abuse. And it's timely that this book arrived tonight because I was feeling like I don't speak enough about sexual abuse, especially in terms of I make light of this subject of sex and sexuality and sexual health and having fun and back to the bedroom and the whole thing. But I, I'm I'm never uh, not thinking about those women and men, boys and girls, who have experienced sexual abuse, uh, rape, or uh, sexual unwanted sexual advances, and that's just traumatic, and that will change a sex life. And so much of what I educate about, I'm not leaving those people out. It's uh, but. But it's, uh, you know, we want to be mindful that that happens. And we seriously need a moratorium on this um, that happens to our children. And so, you know, this is an issue that we seriously need to uh, consider and talk about and raise awareness about it. And I, I see that the royal couple went to Shiway, uh today, which... Um, which is great uh, to shed some light on that. Uh, a lot of those women were talking about their addiction. I work with some of those women and, uh, and talking about the addictions. And often people who have addictions have experienced childhood sexual abuse. And if it happens to you or your child, I mean, it's life altering. And, and we, it's a serious malignancy in our society. And I hope something changes as a result of after having shed some light on that. Uh, so I am thinking of you. I, it's very difficult. A sex life will be very different if you have been sexually abused as a child or as, a, as, a, as an adolescent or have been raped or anything like that. I mean, Vancouver is extremely dangerous for women, and as are a lot of cities, as are a lot of places in the world. And this is just something that we just, you know, this is out of control, but it's hidden. And so I'd really like to shed a little bit more light on that as well. We'll also um, look what's going on at UBC right now when they're trying to overhaul their system. When someone brought forward a sexual complaint, it was peer-reviewed. I How backwards is that? I know, I know. You know, institutions are very hard. They're like the Titanic to turn around. I mean, in terms of workplace bullying or sexual harassment or rape, um, a lot of girls are raped and they don't tell anybody. They are so ashamed. They're afraid. They're afraid that the person will come after them. Uh, I speak to so many girls that don't report it. Uh, so many women that have never reported it, and it's it's rampant. It's much more common than one realizes. How about the online ads that are uh, seeking sex in exchange for accommodation? How about taking advantage of marginalized people, people who don't have a home? I met a woman yesterday, 22 years old. She had a baby and no home. You know, I... I wanted to bring her home myself, and on some level, I knew that wasn't right, but I had all I could do not to bring her to my home. We, we did manage to uh, try to find, and this was just an arbitrary thing. She just walked into uh, the event. Uh, so, I mean, this is very, very common, and, uh, you know, it, it's heartbreaking. And so that's something that makes Vancouver dangerous when there are online ads that are intimating uh, that there'll there'll be an exchange. They'll they'll give you a roof over your head if you will um, engage in sex with them. So and then there's the other aspect of it as well. You can see organizations like Creep Catchers are taking on, and they're doing 
Some people say a great service. Others say it's extremely dangerous and it could lead down a path that we don't know where it's going to end up. Absolutely. And I think it's both, you know, and, and it's, you know, I don't know what the answers are to this, but I know the beginning is to raise awareness and, and try and, and change things. If your child has been sexually abused, believe them, um, know who your children are, are, are with and, um, you know, Oftentimes, it's somebody they're familiar with, and uh, so I just wanted to say that I, I am very mindful of people who have been sexually abused uh, as as children, and it's difficult to even raise that subject in a group of women because I know half of them have been have experienced that at some point. Some woman made the comment yesterday, "Well, who of us hasn't had sexual abuse?" So, um, but you know, it it will really alter. Um, uh, a sex life for a person and a lot of what I talk about especially in terms of sexual desire will not apply because sex will trigger all of those bad memories and that horror so thanks again Scott Hall for sending me that book Unforgivable Sins Protecting Our Children from Predators and um, perhaps we'll have you on in the air on the air once I read that book uh, so a few other things we're going to uh, be talking about tonight it's always sad as well to see couples break up even if they are the most beautiful and famous couple in the world, Angelina and Brad, but there are lots of children there to consider, and the allegations are that, um, well, there are some irreconcilable differences. Who doesn't have that in a couple? But uh, they that he's smoking marijuana, and I, I often think, you know, you're, you're fathering six children, you're raising a family like that, you're smoking marijuana. I'm sorry, you're treating something. You know, that's this is my feeling, that maybe there's some anxiety, some sense of overwhelm. It's a uh, that's also a big ship to steer as well. Uh, have a famous family and do all of the work that they do. And, and I'm very sorry to hear of that breakdown in any family breakdown, but especially when you are in the public eye, it makes it that much more um, challenging and sad. And then we have yet another family struck. Andrew Weiner, allegations of Andrew Weiner, the disgraced former lawmaker, uh, had a month-long online relationship uh, with a 15-year-old girl. Allegedly, he asked to dress up in school uniforms and be part of rape fantasies. I mean, these are the things that are just breaking my heart, and they're just horrific, and they're they're more common than you know, and we only hear about the ones that hit the news. Uh, we are going to be talking about some other things. It seems like a little bit of a downer program tonight, but I'll bring it up. Don't you worry about that. Um, but uh, depression will negatively impact any relationship, and a lot of people who have depression treat with marijuana. Um, but what if it isn't depression? What if it's something else? Well, there are four disorders that resemble depression. I'm going to review that tonight. Um, I talked about how dangerous life is in Vancouver. Uh, recently at, at one of the events I was at, uh, I think I went as far as Surrey, perhaps. No. Um, and she told me that a couple of years ago she met me and we spoke about vibrators and I apparently recommended that she get one and, uh, she had never tried one. And she said, uh, girlfriend, you were right. And I'm like, yeah, I know that I am changing women's lives one vibration at a time. But what happens to your partner when you get hooked on your vibrator? I'm going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the program. So we're talking a little bit about marijuana and alcohol. And is sex different when you're drunk or when you're high? Um, be discussing that a little bit as well. And also times are changing and women are having babies older again for two reasons. And to that end, I'm delighted and honored to have Dr. Neve Talon from All Olive Fertility. She's a reproductive endocrinologist and fertility specialist. She's going to be joining me tonight, and we're going to be talking about that. 
uh, and a couple of other subjects as well. So stay with me. Thanks so much for being with me. Give me a call if you like, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can always email me, sextalk at cknw.com. When I come back, we're going to review some of those scandalous love affairs of the royals. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Maureen McGrath, your host. If this is your first time with me, love having you. If you've been here before, thanks for coming back. I love it. I don't know if you know this about me, and it's a bit naive, but I am actually a hopeless romantic. You might think I'm exactly the opposite, seeing all the troubles, and but I actually do love love. I'm in love with love. I don't fall in love with everything that moves, but I believe in real, deep, and everlasting love and commitment, of course. It could have been a result of my upbringing, but... Um, you know, I, I see it every now and again. I don't really see it too much in my clinical practice. I do see it. I see love and I see romantic connection and I see commitment, but I see troubles and I see people having challenges and, and bickering about precious little. I often, you know, they're shocked when I call it first world problems, when they're arguing about just how much money they have and how, you know, how they're going to sell this house and rent that one out. And um, and yet they, they just can't get over certain things. Um, so these are very common. Issues are very common. And one thing I loved about Princess Diana was, uh, I think when she said there are three people in this marriage, uh, she actually, you know, the entire world perhaps breathed a sigh of relief. A lot of people who are living with shame in their marriage or their relationship that's not absolutely perfect. And so here was a royal actually saying her marriage wasn't perfect, and, and she was obviously heartbroken at that. And and the world uh, just uh, loved her even more, loved her vulnerability, loved her ability to tell the truth. I mean, today, yesterday when I was speaking at this magnificent you conference, I I made reference to Facebook and how our lives on Facebook are perfect. Uh, People post these pictures of their perfect children and their perfect houses and their perfect lives. And, uh, and, you know, the more perfect the pictures look, the less I believe it. Um, And, you know, people post for so many reasons and maybe they're sending a message to somebody else. Um, you know, people are looking at other people's lives. I, I have a patient in my clinical practice who's having an affair with a man who lives, uh, far away. He doesn't live around here and she's creeping him on Facebook and she's getting heartbroken. She's falling in love with this guy and she's getting heartbroken because of the pictures that his wife is posting on Facebook. And and she's saying, you know, we're not making memories. I said, of course you're not making memories. You're having an extramarital affair with him. But the other thing is he, you know, imagine if she knew the truth and she may know, his wife may know on some level. And so that's actually more of a heartbreak, I think. And, and not to be um, not to be aware of that. Uh, so that happens very commonly because I see a lot of patients who have, are in extramarital affairs and they end up falling in love because of the release of chemicals in the brain, because of the oxytocin, which is, uh, well, first the, the dopamine, which is the pleasure, and then the oxytocin, which is the bonding. They don't plan to fall in love with somebody. They they plan to, um, you know, they they just want to have sex. They just want to have fun. They're just initially attracted to somebody and then they fall for somebody. I had a, another patient who was, um, she was, 
uh, she was actually married. She had four children, uh, and she is a professional woman, and she had had an affair with uh, her husband was not paying attention to her. And I want to bring this up. Uh, that's a, a, a very common reason for men and women having extramarital affairs. It's not about the sex. I might joke that it's about the sex. It's often not about the sex. I'm going to get to the royals very soon, but I have to get on. I'm on a little tangent here. Uh, it's about a lack of attention from the partner. It's about not feeling important. So this particular woman, she said, I, I, love, I love my husband. I have my family. I want to stay with my family, but I had an extramarital affair maybe a year ago. And she said, you know, I'm so close to my husband and I love him and I wanted to tell, I want to tell him everything. And I told him that, uh, that I had an extramarital affair six months after she had a one night stand with somebody and she told him six months after. And so her husband was depressed for six months. And then after that, he wanted her, he wanted to watch her and she wanted my opinion on this. And I gave it, he wanted to watch her having sex with the man she'd had the affair with, the one-night stand with. It wasn't even an affair. I don't call that an affair. It's a one-night stand, so that's not an affair. And um, so she she wanted my opinion, and I said, absolutely not, in part because I felt he was trying to take some control over her and that it did, it sounded malicious. Well, that was one reason. There were 77 other reasons that I didn't actually review with her, but she, that was her sense, that she shouldn't do that. Um, but prior to that, prior to him learning about that, they were actually sleeping in separate bedrooms. and And he wasn't initiating sex with her. She was the one initiating sex with him, and he was taking her for granted, and she felt undervalued. And that is why when somebody at work paid attention to her, uh, she took advantage of that. And so that was about a year and a half ago. And then now somebody else uh, is attracted to her. And this person is about 15 years younger than she is. And she's, um, she said, you know, it's, it's that my husband doesn't actually appreciate me. And, and so she's considering actually just having uh, another liaison with this person, but she does not want to leave her marriage. That's a little bit of a different uh, story. But um, William and Kate, we're all familiar with William and Kate's love story. They met at college. They dated forever and ever, but it was worth the wait, waity Katie, and uh, had a magical wedding, and we all... Um, you know, Kate allegedly never felt worthy of William, but uh, but one of the stories that I really love, my one of my favorite ones, is Wallace and Edward. And I don't know if you've heard the story, but she was the allegedly the plain, um, perhaps natural good looks is a better way. But who cares? We can't always judge women on their looks. Um, uh, a very intelligent American divorcee who brought down a king, Wallace Simpson. And Edward, Prince of Wales, began their affair in 1934, bringing an unforgettable scandal. And remember, this was 1934. This didn't happen. So this was a tremendously scandalous to the royal family. He chose love over the monarchy. Uh, Wallace was so irresistible to Edward that Edward gave up the throne to be with his beloved American girl. Love is more important in so many aspects uh, in life and for so many people and that attraction and that desire to be with somebody and that uh, just thinking about them, it's almost like a cocaine addiction. And that even happens with the British Empire. So if a man isn't willing to give up the British Empire for you, maybe you should find somebody who is. And that's my little take 
on love and romance and attraction and sex and the realities. So appreciate who you're with. Initiate sex, whether you're the man or the woman or they or whomever, same-sex relationships, heterosexual unions, it doesn't matter. But you know what? Turn over, look at your person, decide, you know what? I'm going to have sex now because when might be my next chance? This might be my last opportunity. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Global News at 8.30 p.m. I'm Michelle Morton. Hundreds packed Jackpool Plaza to welcome the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge to Vancouver this morning. CKNW's Janet Brown was there. A light drizzle didn't dampen the spirits of royal well-wishers who tried to balance umbrellas and cell phones as they frantically snapped pictures of the royal couple and cheered. James and Carol Wall, visiting from Britain for the 15th time, have never seen royals at home. We didn't know they were going to be here. I've never seen them before in my life and to actually see them in real life was terrific. I really enjoyed it. It's been incredibly heartwarming and I'm very proud. It has brought quite a lump to my throat. Kate and William took about 20 minutes talking with people in the crowd and shaking hands. Janet Brown, News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver. Two people are in hospital after being shot in Surrey earlier today. RCMP say it appears to be a targeted shooting. Officers were called to a home at the 4200 block of 152nd Street where police found a man and woman suffering from non-life-threatening injuries. Officers have the area closed off to the public while they investigate. Anyone with information is asked to contact Surrey RCMP or Crime Stoppers. CKNW has reached out to the police for comment. Major League Baseball has released a statement saying it was stunned and devastated by news of the death of ace right-hander Jose Fernandez. Early this morning, the 24-year-old, along with two others, were killed in a boat crash off Miami Beach. Florida Fish and Wildlife spokesman Lorenzo Velaz says their boat appears to have been traveling at full, spe- full speed when it crashed and was demolished. Tragic loss not only for the family, for friends, but for the Marlin community, the state of Florida, Major League Baseball, and anyone who met this gentleman. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred says Fernandez was one of the baseball's great young stars who made a dramatic impact on and off the field since his debut in 2013. In the U.S., 30,000 participants turned out in New York City to take part in the annual Tunnel to Towers run, which honors the route taken by firefighter Stephen Siller on September 11, 2001. That firefighter Stephen Siller ran through the tunnel that day in full gear to get to the towers and died. On this day, New Jersey firefighter Megan Farrow was running her eighth tunnel race with her gear on in his honor. You want to complain that it's hot and there's a lot of people, but you think what he did? And he ran through that with his full gear, everything he had, and he didn't come back? You got through pretty easy. And in the spirit of giving, runners from New Jersey who had their race canceled last Saturday because of a pipe bomb got to participate in this one for free. At the Tunnel to Towers race in Lower Manhattan, I'm Julie Walker. Unifor is hailing it as the best deal the union has obtained with the one of the with one of the rather Detroit three auto companies in the past decade. General Motors unionized workers have accepted a new contract with the auto giant. The agreement includes a two percent wage increase this year and another in September of 2019. General Motors of Canada has issued a statement saying the deal will position the automaker's Canadian operations at the forefront of the industry. CKNW News Time 8:33. Now the latest AM 7:30 traffic on CKNW. Here 
here's Caitlin Osansky. Good evening. Currently still an accident free along the major routes around Metro Vancouver. In New Westminster, French Street is now open to traffic in either direction, but single lane alternating traffic under the railroad overpass that carries on 24 hours a day. In Vancouver, sewer and water main upgrades along Burrard between Davie and 16th have Burrard closed in Broadway and 16th until the end of October. Also single lane traffic between Davie and Pacific and that carries on until next year. In Vancouver, road work can be southbound just before King Ed. The right lane is closed and it remains that way till the end of the year. For the most up-to-date traffic information, you can tune into AM730. All traffic all the time. I'm Caitlin Osansky. Global Sky Tracker weather. Tonight, a few clouds cooling down to 13 degrees and tomorrow we'll see increasing cloudiness in the morning and high of 20. Tomorrow night, cloudy with a chance of showers overnight, then becoming windy before morning, cooling down to 11 degrees. Tuesday and Wednesday, a mix of sun and clouds with a chance of showers, a high of 17. Thursday, sunny, a high of 16. And Friday, cloud cover with a high of 17. And for Saturday as well, only with a chance of showers with a high of 16. In Aldergrove, it's 16 degrees and mostly cloudy. Outside CKNW Pacific Center, it's 14 degrees. CKNW News Time, 834. I'm Michelle Morton. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Maureen McGrath hosting this show as I do live every Sunday night. Thanks for being here with me tonight. I appreciate it. It's always my pleasure to be here with you. I love doing this show and I love education. And I love educating about uh, all of the subjects that are related to reproductive and sexual health. And did you know that women are having babies older again and for two reasons. And to that end, I am delighted and honored to have Dr. Neve Tallon from Olive Fertility here in Vancouver and now on the North Shore. She's a reproductive endocrinologist and fertility specialist. Thank you, Dr. Tallon, for joining me here in the studio. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, what, a, what an honor. Oh, you're so welcome. It's my honor. Are you kidding? Uh, so uh, women are Leaning in, they are prioritizing career over family, and they're having babies after the age of 35 more commonly. Absolutely, and this is not surprising nor really news. This has been on our radar for years with us trying to uh, strum up awareness amongst women, primarily for prevention get pregnant early don't wait till it's too late and so if we look at the reasons why you say two reasons one primarily the social reasons we all want to educate our kids I look at my daughter I want her to go to university if you haven't met someone when you're in college like Kate she got lucky and she met her William there and her prince if you have not it can take a long time to meet someone especially if you're on a career path Um, we also have great uh, access to contraception, to abortion, so women have control over their reproductive lives and how they want to live them. And I hear every day from women who sit in front of me who are looking at uh, the idea of freezing eggs for future use because they don't want to settle. They don't necessarily want to have to settle down with just anyone. They want the perfect person with whom they want to raise children with. So they don't want to settle uh, with somebody just to have kids, no, just to have that. Ba- and often women do that. Well, I we see a lot of women that come in and choose to have children on their own too. And so this is where we are looking at how good our treatments are now with this evidence that more women are getting pregnant over the age of 40. Well, that isn't because they have super eggs and that they're we're better at having children now. It's really, I think, access to care and that there are, our treatments are so good for women now. 
And you're at Olive Fertility in Vancouver. I am. Here. And yes. there's, you've got a satellite clinic on the North Shore we as well. We have two satellite clinics, one in Surrey, and I work primarily on the North Shore now. Um, and we're a very large clinic, uh, we, but we have a great group of doctors who really prioritize taking the time with our patients and understanding what it is that they want. And so all of this is education. Really, it's sitting down with our patients, finding out the underlying problem for most of them, and then directly targeting that their issue um, and and to this uh, end of women deferring childbearing till a later age you know we we look at what we can do to make it better well we try to get people pregnant quicker with all of our fertility treatments but ultimately um, age is a genetic condition we're born with all of our eggs we lose them as we get older and they accrue genetic damage and so when it, if you're looking at embarking upon a pregnancy in your 40s of course women can get pregnant on their own but we really do reiterate to family doctors and try to get the message out to women if you're not pregnant within really three to six months of trying on your own you should seek care and an assessment not that you necessarily need treatment but maybe you just need honing in to try and determine is there something we can fix easily sometimes that is just timing couples now especially in Vancouver who are working with you know a lot of people travel and so they're often not together in the same city um, for very long periods of time and so that's where we come in we can easily freeze a sample of sperm for a partner and so if she's here she can choose to use it whenever is the right time um, and so we try to really uh, overcome a lot of the hurdles that um, patients embark on their own. That's fantastic. If you have a question for the doctor, the number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you have been uh, have a question about uh, fertility or you've had troubles getting pregnant or um, your particular age or your particular case, anything in particular, Dr. Talon would be more than happy to answer your questions. So uh, is the advice for women to get pregnant before age 35, is that... Um, My advice to a woman is to prioritize getting pregnant when you are ready. And so um, it definitely is easier to get pregnant under the age of 35 than over the age of 35. I think it's unrealistic to um, say to women in their 20s, go out there and, you know, find a man and get pregnant. Look, it's just not happening. Um, And that is society today. I think what we're looking at is just getting the message out. If you've met that person and you're ready, get on it right away. If you're over the age of 35 and you're not pregnant within six months of trying, you should seek a fertility assessment at that point in time. So our treatments don't overcome the age-related genetic issues with eggs, which is really we have a lower number as we get older, a lower number of eggs, and a greater proportion of them are genetically abnormal. So it takes us a long time to find a good egg to lead to a normal pregnancy and a continuing pregnancy. And that is also why miscarriage rates go up as we get older, right? It's nature's way of dealing with a genetically abnormal embryo. We release one egg a month. That's so it takes a long time to get there on your own. Um, and so we have a really large program at all of fertilities, probably one of the largest programs in Canada, looking at genetic screening of embryos um, when tr- patients are doing treatments such as in vitro fertilization. 
And in that treatment, we screen embryos out and look for genetic abnormality. And so we take them off the table and it really increases uh, a couple's time to pregnancy when they're doing treatment. It also decreases the chance of them getting pregnant and having a miscarriage, which takes time um, to deal with. It Mm -hmm. often can put things out by a few months and that isn't, uh, you know, obviously there's the emotional aspect of that as well. It often takes people longer to reset and come back again and try again. So um, I think this, um, you know, women having children more over the age of 40 is societal, but it's also just highlighting how good our treatments are today for women. So what do we say to women who aren't ready to get pregnant in their 30s? You know, if you're on your own and you're ready to get pregnant now, there is donor sperm. We do donor inseminations for women often who are looking to embark upon having a family as a single parent. Or there is egg freezing for women. Um, and I probably see one woman a day who comes in, usually via information from a friend who's done this. Um, and I think really it's an amazing tool for a woman nowadays. Imagine if you were sitting at a date and you don't have the pressure of having to ask um, the, per- the person across the table, do you want to have children? You want to get married right away because you're, you feel somewhat content in knowing that you have a little insurance plan for the future with some eggs stored away. Right. And, and not to say that it's certainly not a guarantee and it's certainly not the fix to this societal problem of women leaving it till they're, they're older. And you know, one reason women are leaving it till they're older and which I, I support is because I really think, I mean, this is a very difficult issue. Uh, it's multifactorial because I really believe that women need to depend upon themselves financially in life, always be able to find their own way. And so there's often an imbalance of power when a woman is dependent on a man or another woman for income because there can be a power struggle in that relationship. And so I think a lot of women are trying to get a good education, a good Mm -hmm. career, and you know, Maureen, <laughs> this is exactly it. it. You know, you're a mom. I'm a mom. I look at my daughter and I think, I want you to be independent, strong. I want you to have a good career. I want that for her. Mm-hmm. But I also acknowledge what will come with that is that she is very likely to defer childbearing till a later age. And so for me, I probably think at some point in her late 20s or early 30s, there will be a gift of some egg freezing at some point in time. Um, But realistically, um, for women, it's very important, from what I hear daily for those kind of women who are, is the importance of having a partner in raising a child. And so... There are two sets of people. There's those, those women who come in who feel very self-sufficient. They will get pregnant right away on their own. And someone else who will value a partner in raising a child and want that and see that as important will often look at something like egg freezing to give them some kind of a hope for the future that if they need a partner, partner that they have a good go of it. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's just the way uh, we're, we're changing and women are out in the workplace more absolutely. and women are entering uh, mm-hmm. careers where they can actually make the same kind of money that men make. And uh, so it's it's also, and, and again, they're not settling and, and people are not getting married at age 20 
uh, in 21 anymore. And, and often they're not getting married. And we're going to talk a little bit about relationships and the kind of relationships people in, are having these days. And they're very different and they're uh, not uh, intimate and they're having issues with intimacy. But uh, how expensive is the egg freezing? Is that um, an expensive proposition? It is relatively, um, I guess it's a non-insured uh, service. So um, if women have an extended health plan, often their medications can be covered within that. There are some things we talk about with um, people to help them along with the financial aspect of it. And that is, you know, if you're incorporated or you have your own business, you can set up yourself as, um, you know, with a health plan. And often you can look at covering your procedures in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it is relatively expensive, um, I guess, compared to the fact it's it's just not insured. It should be. And we we try to um, get that message out for all. All of our our patients that really we feel that it should be covered um, to some degree. Absolutely. I know it's very challenging when medications and treatments are not covered. I was talking about that today with uh, somebody from the Bladder Cancer Awareness Walk. And uh, there's a medication that is $12,500 that she needs for stage 4 bladder cancer and she just doesn't have that money to pay for that and you know people don't realize that medications aren't covered until they they need those that's a whole other subject but uh, Dr. Talon thank you so much for the great information about uh, having babies the hope uh, for women to have babies later not not to have to settle for Mr. Wrong or Mrs. Wrong or whomever uh, they're in a relationship with and uh, and giving hope to uh, women uh, especially career women so thank you how can people get in touch with you so all of Fertility, uh, we're downtown in Vancouver, and we also have a satellite clinic, so in North Vancouver and in Surrey. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And you're going to hang around. We're going to talk a little bit about the Hooderites later on. Maureen McGrath, you're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Just the way you are. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath, and I am not a singer. Uh, but I do love shoes, and nobody has commented on the uh, on Kate Middleton's shoes. But she was rocking those red ones today, I have to say. I'd love to know where she got those. <laughs> Everyone was referring to the Alexandra McQueen dress, not me. The shoes. So I often say if you can strut your stuff in pumps like that, baby, you got it going on. Uh, so anyway, um, sometimes in relationships, and I see this quite a bit, I do a lot of validated questionnaires in my clinical practice with my patients, and that's from my research background. Uh, where I, I'm actually not able to diagnose depression. Um even though I might think I can, but I'm not really qualified. It's outside of the scope of nursing practice. But what I can do is uh, I am trained to deliver validated questionnaires around depression. And uh, the Beck Depression Inventory, for example, is one of them. And so it's a marker. It's basically a tool that I use to guide people who depression may be impacting their relationship. And it is extremely difficult for people to be in an intimate relationship with somebody who has depression. But depression is commonly misdiagnosed as well, as is mental illness in general is often very difficult to diagnose, particularly because there are a few physiological tests. As I said, there are those validated questionnaires. 
that help clinicians make a diagnosis. Recently, I did have a patient, and I did do a few of the validated questionnaires with her. And then so I suggested she go back and speak to her doctor. And she spoke to her doctor, and her doctor put her on an antidepressant. I said, oh, what did your doctor say? And I was just really curious about, um, you know, how her doctor would deal with this. And, and her doctor said, oh, I knew you were depressed. I, I just was waiting for you to come and tell me. And I, and I was just, you know, kind of uh, disappointed in that because a, a depressed person often can sit on one side of the room and know that the answer to their depression is on the other and they can't get up and walk over to get the treatment on the other side of the room. So patients aren't necessarily going to go to doctors, nothing against doctors at all, but sometimes physicians I find will um, feel that they they should have gotten it or they, they wanted to be right. And, you know, it's it's not about that. Anyway, so if we can put our egos aside in life, sometimes our lives would be better. But these tools definitely help clinicians make a diagnosis. For example, diabetes is diagnosed through a blood test. Cancer is diagnosed through biopsies and medical imaging. But mental illness is largely diagnosed through these these checklists and these questionnaires or self-reported symptoms or what somebody around you has to say about it. So you, if your family is saying things that you're not the same as you were before, you're losing your cool a little bit, um, having physical symptoms, abdominal pain, headaches, that may be depression. But there are some other common conditions that are may be mistaken for depressions that may happen by clinicians and the public as well. And one of those is bipolar disorder. So like depression, bipolar disorder involves periods of intense lows. During the lows, people with bipolar disorder experience the same symptom found in depression. They feel hopeless, worthless. They may even be suicidal. Unlike depression, however, people with bipolar disorder also experience periods of high, of a high or a mania. They feel confident, productive, or on top of the world. Sometimes that manic phase is so pleasant that people with the disorder are unable to recognize it as part of their illness. And often people who are treated, they don't like to be flatlined, as they say. So they love that high so much, and they don't like that. So it's something to consider that... um, that many people are misdiagnosed. And and in fact, according to a study published in the British Journal of Psychiatry, up to 22% of people with bipolar disorder are mistakenly diagnosed with depression. Another study found that people with bipolar disorder experience an average gap of 10 years before they receive the proper diagnosis. This really impacts one's life. So that is one of the conditions that it can be. It could also be diabetes, Uh, It can be misdiagnosed as chronic fatigue syndrome as well. And the hallmark difference is that with chronic fatigue syndrome, with depression, people do not enjoy life anymore. But chronic fatigue, people still want to engage in life. Hypothyroidism is another one. So those are some some of the conditions that depression can be misdiagnosed as. So pay attention to your symptoms. Speak with your doctor. Do some research. Email me, sextalk at cknw.com. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, that's the first hour of sex on a Sunday night. We have a, the second hour of sex and health subjects coming up for you. We're going to talk about hooterites and uh, their 
uh, reproductive ways and how that applies to our lives. Also going to be talking about relationships today. Why are they so different? Why is this generation a generation that doesn't want a relationship necessarily? Why is that? And how often do happily married couples have sex? And what defines a happily married couple? Are you a happily married couple? And how about those vibrators? Are you getting addicted to that womanizer that I recommended? (laughs) Why are you looking at me? No. (laughs) I was just looking for some support out there. No. (laughs) (laughs) The womanizer is for a woman. And uh, I love the womanizer. And it's now, uh, and, you know, whenever I mention it, people are just like, oh, I don't like the name of that. I said, I didn't like the name of it either. Try it. You'll love the name of it. Um, But, it, you know, it it is fantastic. But you can get addicted to those. And also not a lot of... um, uh, people, you know, appreciate vibrators, and uh, that may be the person who should be using it, and the person who is in the room with you. So it can actually uh, make some men feel uncomfortable. When I come back, we're going to cover a lot of those subjects and take your call six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight on your cell. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk nine eighty CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk nine eighty. CKNW.